Okay, so boom, have you ever thought about promoting your podcast, business, or brand with a voice ad that can easily be circulated on all platforms? Well, I have a solution for you. How about you let me be your voice? During your free consultation, we'll come up with a couple of things, talk it out, figure out exactly what it is you need to say to your target audience so that your business can shine. I'm going to hit the stool. I'm going to get it recorded, and boom, we in there. And you know what else? If you decide to trust me with your voice ad, I will run your ad on my platform for free. Free 99. Now, this does not mean forever, but for free. Shoot me an email at autumnthearies at gmail.com for your free consultation today. I can't wait to be the voice of your brand business or podcast. Peace. She do what she wanna do. 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 Lord to the grave, tell you like it is to your face. She don't play. Every chick down for it all. I know that she a boss. No competition, no loss. From the Midwest to the A, Autumn got you tuning in, no delay. Ooh, get you right every time. Keep you laughing on a dime. Tell you truth, no lies. So you can live your best life. Cover all topics, no limits. Got something for your mama and your children. No holding back. No gimmicks coming on strong. Get straight to business. Oh, yeah. She do what she wanna do. Lit life, lit life. She do what she wanna do. Lit life, lit life. She do what she wanna do. Lit life, lit life. Hey, it's your girl Autumn, and I welcome you back to the Lit Life Podcast, where I encourage you to live your life autonomously. Y'all, it's black ass, blackity black, black, black history month. I already told y'all how it was going to be. I told y'all it was going to be as black as possible. So I decided to have a special guest on the show who I came across their podcast through their other, you know, in following their other podcast. But I thought that it was I thought that this was the appropriate time to highlight this podcast, especially since it's Black History Month. And I absolutely love, love, love the concept and everything about the podcast this far. So I want y'all to give it up for Country Boy (laughs) from from the One Mike History Podcast. Right, 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 right. Thank you, man. I'm so glad to be here. This is dope. This is dope. I always enjoy doing doing guest spots and and talking to people all within within their platform and seeing how everybody else does things. Especially when you have you know like one mic's different, but when you do the cut, the cut, you know we're always talking about stuff, and then you get with other people. You see their point of view and how they do things is great. I love it. Yes, I think that the camaraderie uh, within the com- within the podcast community is is awesome. Like to be able to be on each other's shows and kind of 
highlight our shows and just go on somebody else's show to, you know, just to go with their flow. I think it's just the neatest thing ever. And you're right. You get different ideas and just hear different perspectives. And it's, I think it's always a good time. So, but I really, really, really appreciate you being here. Um, I, when I came up with the idea, I was like, I think I may have saw a, a tweet or something and it just came to me. I'm like, I gotta get him <laughs> on the show. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so so first off, um, you're you're a guest that has never been on my podcast. So I kind of wanted to just check in with you as far as you know, we still in the pandemic, all the all of that stuff. So I want to know how you and your family are holding up. Wow, man, it's been crazy. It's been crazy. So <clears throat> um I was working, I was working a contract, a contract gig. Um, I work in IT. Mm-hmm. So I was working a contract gig, working 18 months. Contract ended in like mid-July 2020, which is like middle of the damn pandemic. My son was born in Mar in March, March 19th. So he was roughly about six months. I was like, man, I'm gonna take some time, I'm chill with my son. And then, you know, uh uh, a couple months turn into six months. And that's, you know, you're like, yo, this is getting out of hand. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is getting kind of out of hand. But, um, uh, uh, you know, I start, I start a new gig. I started to get tomorrow. First day of Black History. Oh, Month. amen. Um, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I left out some stuff. I did work a little bit in there, some contract gigs. In the meantime, you know, I did some stuff. But for the most part, like, it's been long time coming. I'm, I'm excited. I'm super excited to be back. Not a bum anymore. Cause you know, I was getting up in the morning, taking my son to daycare, my wife going to work and I could sit at home. I'd be like, <laughs> so what do I do now? What do I do? With my time, which to that point, it gave me a lot of time to pour into, into one mic and to pump out at pump out episodes. So that was great, but it was, so are you, um, do you think that it's going to take you some time? Cause you said it's been roughly six months. Do you think it's going to take you some time to get kind of back into the swing of things as far as like, you know, actually getting up and going to work or do you, are, are you working from home or is it, are you going to have to go in somewhere? Um, well I work, um, so my contract was with Microsoft and they do an 18, six. So you work for 18 months six months you had to be you have to as a vendor you have right, to okay. go mm-hmm. so um my six months up so i just went i just went back gotcha. <laughs> yeah. back to microsoft so they are not opening back up until like probably sometime in august so i'm gonna be working from home at least until then august is the earliest that they'll let us back in office and before my contract ended they sent us home like the week after my son was born i think that was sometime in mid-march they sent us home so they haven't been in the office in coming up on a year wow so yeah it's been a long it's been a long time it's been nuts um uh, being at home so i'm gonna continue to work from home um you know continue doing my thing i was i did go into the office briefly when i was doing some contract work mm-hmm. I, can't recommend it. The company I was, you know, doing it for, they were like, yo, whatever. They didn't care nothing about that. They weren't wearing masks. I was wearing a mask. They weren't wearing a mask. I was like, yo, this ain't for nobody. This sucks. I'm not. I know this that's hard. right. That's what's got- the point if you're the only one in there with a mask on? Exactly. And you got, I have a baby who, who, who 
cannot get vaccinated. I can't realistically bring this home to him because that, that I'm an adult here. He he is not like the choices I make directly affect him. If I come home and bring it to him, that's on me. He doesn't he doesn't have any say so in this. Right. You know he can't, he can't wear a mask. That's not fair to him. So yeah, that wasn't working out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's crazy. It it's so crazy how people just do not care like people just don't care and i i don't get it but anyways i'm i'm glad i'm so glad that you uh starting back up on on uh first day of black history month that's lit i'm glad you're back at it no longer being a bum yeah (laughs) it's all good (laughs) all right (laughs) what'd you say I'm off my mama couch. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So we could just gonna go ahead and get into it. So that's like the funniest clip ever. I don't know. Yeah. Have you ever seen it? Have you ever seen the actual video? No, I okay. like it though. It rides. <laughs> okay. So I'm gonna have to send it to you because it's hilarious. <laughs> so this is the point of the show. This is like everybody's favorite p- part of my show. It's called the Shut the Fuck Up Award. And what we do at the Shut the Fuck Up Award, just in case it's someone out there that, um, you know, this is your first time tuning in. I don't even know how I came up with this, but it's all about telling a person, a concept, a movement, whatever, to just shut up like you're sick of their shit. Mm-hmm. And you just want to tell them to shut the fuck up. So, who do you have here on Black History uh, on Black for Black History Month? My my shut the fuck up award is to um, Master P. Master P. Really? Master P. Wait, wait! I wasn't Master ready. P. You know, you are. I, I know, I know. But but it's not wholly about Master P. I, Master okay, P does okay. a, lot, a lot of good things. Okay, most Master P mentioned that if clubhouse was done by an african-american we we wouldn't support it and i don't feel like i don't feel like that i don't feel like that is completely completely accurate i feel as though black people support things and we make everything that we're involved in better than what it was the problem was is that we found value in clubhouse and we were able to take and and make it and make it better than what it was before that. It was some. It was. It was in there talking about tech support and shit. It wasn't. It wasn't dope. We came in. And we made it dope. And we don't. And what happens is, is we come in and we make things better than what they were. And then we're not included in that when they, or thought about when they try to go to that next level. Absolutely. But I think the bigger issue and the issue that's missed with Master P is that. Black entrepreneurs do not have the capital or the people to lean on to which to do things like Clubhouse, to do things like Clubhouse, I mean, to GoPros or the things like that. We have the the ideas, but who is going to give us the capital? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I was watching, oh man, Kev on stage was talking about this and I had no idea. He mentions that the, um, the people behind GoPro the the uh camera yeah the camera okay okay his family he when he left college he didn't know what he wanted to do with his life his family floated him for two years while he went around the world surfing and then he was like you know what would be cool 
if I had a camera on my wrist, if I have a camera on my head. And then he came up with this idea and was able to get funding for it. Now, could you imagine if this had been a brother? This is not. This is not going to happen. There's no one to ask. There's no. There's no generational wealth where I could. Hey, hey, Dad, can you? Can I borrow? You know, ten thousand dollars because I have this great idea. That's not going to happen. So the my big thing is is that I feel like his his anger was misplaced. It wasn't in black. Yeah. It was at systemic racism that has caused us not to have generational wealth where we can invest in each other the way we need to with I, the wonderful ideas that we have. So right. fuck up, but hey, let's point you in a different direction. Let's point you here. <laughs> yeah, actually that was shut the fuck up worthy. Like I, I think it, and that's a lot of times these awards is just people that are just getting, that just say stuff without really like thinking it through. Like they mean well, I think. And then it just doesn't, but it just doesn't hit the way that they thought it was going to hit. That's right. actually good. Um, There's so many industries and so many different ventures that black folks try to get into. And we already know that it's, it's almost impossible because we don't have the capital and nobody is really trying to uh, loan us that money. uh, Especially if we've, had to go through, you know, our early 20s or whatever, living and learning. So we didn't mess some stuff up because we just didn't have the the knowledge. We just didn't know. And now we have these great ideas and we're on track in life. So we think and they still are not going to want to (laughs) invest in in our Mm -hmm. ideas. The same thing also goes for um, the cannabis industry. I met um, I met a lady. Her name is slipping my mind right now, but I'm gonna have to find it and put it in the show notes. Uh, Dog, I can't think of it. But I met her at um, the Cash Color Cannabis recording. And Mm -hmm. she's like she was she's the first black female to have a, a dispensary in Maryland. So she has a dispensary, but she was very clear. She said, we can all have the tools to do this, but I was fortunate enough to have her. I think it's her mom and her mom's partner are both. Her mom is a dentist and the she works in a practice with another dentist and they are the ones that basically helped her to you know, get this capital. And she was very, very frank about it. Like, Hey, my mom had to put initially $200,000 into this. And Mm -hmm. we just don't, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) to that point, one of the things about if I invest in you is you better hit, you know what I'm saying? Like if if I invest, if I'm invest to $200,000 in you at, or at your clubhouse, you know, we're going to crowdsource this or GoFundMe or whatever. We feel like it better hit. Like this, this is your shot. You get, you only get one. You only going to get one. Like this is not some scenario where you get to try and fail and do and, and get other chance and get reinvested. And that's another thing speaks to the point where, where there are the people who set up clubhouse, they were, their investors were willing to invest in anything they did. Mm. They didn't care what it was. They didn't. Mm-hmm. They were willing to invest in millions of dollars in them and watch them fail 
in hopes that one of those would take off and they would see a return on their investment. And it's just not, that's just not going to happen. It's not going to yeah. happen. That's not available. And it, it like, so for us, your, your idea had to be a million dollar idea and it got a hit <laughs> and it got a hit. And that's, that, that really, it, it sucks. It does. It does. It does. It does. Uh, yeah. And you're right. You're right. It does. Um, and what's really crazy is when you venture out like to be an entrepreneur, how many times does it work on the first try? Right. They use they typically say it's like seven times like businesses will fail like seven times before yeah. they actually like make some sort of a profit and figure, you know, right their wrongs and figure things out. And that's if they stay the course, you know right. what I mean? So, yeah, that was a good one. So. It's crazy because my Shut the Fuck Up Award um, also just so happens to be going to a black person here on a <laughs> or to some black people <laughs> here here in Black History Month. So right. we just go, I'm, let's just, we just go say we just going to start by cleaning us up before we go in on everybody else at this particular moment. I don't know if you've been seeing, so, you know, we, they got all these challenges. So there's a silhouette challenge. There's right. whatever the body chat, whatever. I don't know. All these challenges. And so I don't know if you've seen Chloe Bailey. <laughs> okay. You've seen. Okay. Yeah, I've seen her. So <laughs> same. So did I. So it's like, you know, this young lady who has, you know, who was in a singing group, you know, singing duo with her sister. And, right. you know, they're like, they're supposed to just be like these pure mm -hmm. young ladies. Mm -hmm. And like, I guess they're never like supposed to grow up or I don't know. I, I don't know what's supposed to happen, but a tweet came out yesterday by this lady, some chick. I'm not even going to say her name because I don't really care. Um, but she said, Chloe Bailey is a cornball. The whole good girl gone bad remodel that Janet Jackson started is tired. There's nothing wrong with being a modest woman. If you can't garner attention without being a slut, then you, sh then you serve no real purpose in this world. Wow. Ow. Good. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Some of the follow-up tweets, the one <laughs> the one up under her said, if you caught your man watching one of her videos, just say that, sis. And her, her tweet <laughs> blew up. I mean, it's like, okay. Sometimes it's tough when people grow up. You know what I mean? Like, I, I get, like, I really, really get it. You know, even back when we were into you know these girl groups and guy bands you know 80s 90s music right. and even still like we can reminisce on some of that music like tevin campbell's music we can reminisce on his music and be like what the hell was he even talking about at yeah. that age like yeah. how was yeah. what did he yeah. but you yeah. know it was albie short writing but whatever yeah but they grow up and they grow out of it and chloe is a beauty, her and her sister, they are beautiful young mm -hmm. women. Mm -hmm. And if a 30 year old can walk around and do these challenges and mm -hmm. be butt ass naked, like, I mean, okay, she's 22. So what? I mean, she's right. rich. 
You know what I'm saying? Right. Like yeah. she's gonna do what whatever the hell she wants to do, and and that's how what she should do. And mm-hmm. why does she have to be a modest woman? Like what what does what do you mean? Just be. What does that I, even I, mean? No, that none mean? of that even make it. It doesn't even make sense. It doesn't. It's not like. And she said. There is nothing wrong with being a modest woman. If you can't garner the attention without being a slut, then you serve no real purpose in this world. What do you mean? Do you know who you're talking to? Right. Do you right. know who you're talking to? What do you mean? She's they never needed to to do it. She never didn't needed to do any of this. And she still would be the big star that she is. I don't I'm not it's not adding up. And I just need, I need. For us and black women, this is this is this is for you. I need us to do better. Like (laughs) it's cool if you if you didn't like what was going on with the challenge, if you didn't like her particular video, there really was no reason for you to to just kind of lash out like this. It's like, did you like? It's did she call you a bitch? Like what what happened? Like did we miss what happened here? Like what? I, I it just it it makes me sad because I just feel like we're we're so busy. We, there's so many other things to be outraged about. It feels to me that a lot of black people really, really enjoy or can't wait to rip other black people like we just like get off on the opportunity like hey oh wow you did something i didn't like let me let me just say you're useless you have no use for you in society when one of the things and this irks me a lot is when people don't ideals don't line a hundred percent up with yours you feel like they're completely disposable and they have, they're completely un, you know, have no use for you in life. And that that sucks. That once again, that's another thing that sucks. It's not fair. It it seems it feels disingenuous. And especially with someone like uh <clears throat> like Chloe, who is doing her. She's just doing her. She wants to do these challenges. She's just being a young mean. lady like yeah. any of these other young ladies yeah, out exactly. here. Exactly. Yeah, have fun. Enjoy, enjoy your life. Like I, I for one am not in any position to tell you what you should or should not or should not be doing with, with your body. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm gonna do what I want to do. You see Absolutely. what I'm saying? Like, and she gonna do, and this lady, I don't know her, but she gonna do what she want to do. And I'm sure she got skeletons in her closet. If somebody was to go back when you were <laughs> when she was 22, they would be like, girl. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and it's just, I just feel like it's just unnecessary. It's just really unnecessary. And I think that, you know, if you're going to be angry about something mm-hmm. it, it, and you're a black woman, it shouldn't be about what other black women are doing with their body I, I, or, or, or what videos they're doing. Or I, I just, I just don't feel like, I just don't feel like it was, it was worth the energy again there's just too many other things out here that we can put that type of energy into this ain't I, it she's an entertainer it, this is what she does this, this, <laughs> is, this is what she does this is she yeah. is in every aspect she's always attempting to to entertain us and this is just another form of that and the whole idea that you that you need to be modest it's not the whole thing was not even a jab just to chloe this is a jab at Every woman doing this challenge. It was I mean, she literally named Janet Jackson. Like, can you keep Janet Jackson name out your mouth? 
what, what, right. what was what was the I'm trying to figure out for what. So you're upset that there's this that that there's a good girl gone bad thing. What? Why does that upset you? Why? What makes that? Why do you feel like you need to like fight behind this? It's just right. silly. It's just yeah. silly. It, it and it feeds very much into that uh what is the matriarchal society mm. that we have, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying, where where guys attempt to try to uh uh, uh demonize women and how they dress and how they live their lives yep. and tell them that this is you need to be modest. That you for her for one, being a woman should understand how freeing it is for a woman to do whatever the hell she wants to with her body. You see what I'm saying? Like it's not fair. It's not fair to her. It's not fair. It's not fair to the lady. Why? Why limit yourself? Maybe one day you want to do the challenge. (laughs) Right. And I and honestly, like there was nothing slutty about it. I mean, it was just. I mean, I've seen some. You've seen some of these challenges now. And they've that where they've really taken it there. Yeah. Like yeah. hers was not that. It was just no. regular old boom, you know, got my yeah. got my robe on, boom, take it off, silhouette, boom. Yeah. I, I'm 22, I got all this ass and I'm gonna show it. That's really right. all it right. was. Right. I mean, it's a guy. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna be mad. Okay, you. I wasn't mad at all either. Okay. I'm not gonna be mad. <laughs> like, girl, do you? Like, mm-hmm. so, anyways. That's my uh, shut the fuck up award. So we're gonna go ahead and get into um, the 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 good 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 of the show. And first, I just want you to explain to us what One Mike History Podcast is. Oh wow! Um, so it's it's a Black History podcast. I I came up with this idea. I matter of fact. I had been bouncing it in my head for a while when I was, I, you know, I've been doing the cut for, man, this should be two years. Okay. But people came, people asked me once, they were like, what value does your podcast bring? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's the value in this? When someone comes to you, what, what, what would they say? I listen to this podcast because this does what for my life. And when they asked me that, I didn't have an answer. I didn't have a good answer. Now, you know, I love the cut. I love what I'm doing. I'm having a great time. Did you know what I'm saying? But this prompted me to think, well, what can I do to bring value to people? What do I enjoy doing? I enjoyed history. I was like, well, I can create a history podcast about, you know, you know, black history because I feel like it's underrepresented in the podcasting space in in the world. It's just in general. And there's a, a even amongst um history podcasters or black history podcasters. It's not a lot of African-Americans doing that. So, you know, I'm out here feeling like this is, this is FUBU. It's for us, by us. Uh, it's created by African-American for African-Americans. And, you know, if you see me, you see what I'm doing, you see the cut, you know, I'm just regular dude. There's no PhD behind this. I'm just a dude with a podcast. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, it, and it's, and it's a, an amazing one. And I, I've listened to a few episodes. Um, I think I listened to like the first couple of episodes when you first came out. Yeah. Um, and then uh, a, a couple of ones just recently. And, and they really are informative. Now, when I went to the website, Cause I always kind of like to do my research, even though like sometimes I really just don't be doing it all the time. Cause yeah, yeah, lazy. Yeah. 
Um, I went, <laughs> I went and, and I just wanted to look at and do a little bit of research. And I saw that you on, I think it was the about page. The, and I, of course I can't find it now. Oh, wait, here it is. Um, that also you wanted something to pass down. Right. Like you wanted to pass down to your son. So tell me a little bit about like that thought, like how that thought came up about. <clears throat> um, well, you know, I'm I'm an older, an older first time father. Like I just turned 40 and my son is like 10 months. Mm-hmm. He was born, he was born in um in March. And I felt like I wanted something that he could look back on and say, this is my, my daddy did this. My daddy made this, my daddy created this, or he could have a legacy. And the great thing about history is that history is evergreen. So no matter when he listens to this, the history is still the same. The history doesn't change. The history of, you know, the red summer is still going to be the history of the red summer, whether he listens to it tomorrow or 20 years from now, you know, so I felt like no matter what, this could be my legacy that he could say, hey, my daddy built something. He created something. And whether or not it ever takes off, he would always be, you know, something he could be proud of me for. Absolutely. That That is just awesome. So when did you when did you realize that you were really into like history like that like uh, let's narrow it down like into to black history because to be to be fair to give you credit a lot of credit listening to your podcast has probably the few the few episodes that I've listened to has probably taught me more than what I've ever learned in any school right so you have to like you really have to love this to be able to like really tell these stories and you have to go above and beyond when it comes to research and things like that so you know where did where did that all start like how when did you feel that you just needed to know more because right now we're in that whole culture of like unlearning things that we've learned and trying to relearn, you know, the things the right way. And that it, that goes for history as well. So tell me uh, your thoughts on that. Like when did it really occur to you that, you know what, I think I need to know a little bit more about these situations. Um, You know, when I was in school, I was always a fan, a fan of history. Uh, history was one of the few subjects that I, <laughs> I liked and I excelled in. Um, Cause I was never, I was never really a great student. I was always the one, one of the kids who were like, he has potential, but he doesn't really, um, he's not well motivated. Yeah. <clears throat> so as I became an adult, I realized that the things that I care about when I'm focused, I can achieve great things. But the things that I don't care about, they get pushed to the wayside. But as you become an adult, you get more leeway to push things aside that don't matter to you. That You know what I'm saying? So I'm poor at math. I don't have to use math. I have a calculator near me every moment of every day. I don't have to know math. You know, I can figure it out. But I can drill down and learn more about history because this is what I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. So... <clears throat> Um, my dad is also a history buff and we would spend, he would come over sometimes and we would watch, you know, the NFL, watch the games and he would you know, talk about history, spend some time talking about history and it kind of prompted me. I was like, yo, 
uh, um, what we're doing right now. Why don't I do this in a in a podcasting format? Why can't I achieve this? You know, we we know all this stuff. Why are we not expounding on this? Go get me a book and mm-hmm. and read the book. And then create a script, and then you know bring that to the masses, bring it to the people, tell everybody. You know, if if, if I if I find this interesting, I feel like everyone will find this interesting. That may not be true, but <laughs> <laughs> I well, like I'll tell you this. this. I, I'll tell you this. See, I'm the opposite. Like history was just like I was in there, like all right, I, like I'm gonna just I'm gonna fall on to sleep during that time because it wasn't they weren't giving me any parts of history that were were really like oh my goodness this this really happened so but in listening to the podcast see i'm i'm that person that when you explain something to me the right way you know what i mean like i i'm i can easily comprehend it whereas if i'm just like reading something and it's just not sparking my interest like you know what i mean it's about dialogue so i'm i listen to the dialogue and if it's intriguing to me i'm like oh okay you know and then i learn something right so i i think that the format of the podcast is just like amazing and i'm again i'm the opposite person like I'm a numbers person. You gonna give me some numbers? You gonna get some good numbers back? Right. Uh, you know, I'm 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 a, an analytical thinker, so I'm gonna think through these numbers, and I'm gonna make sure that that you know the set of numbers that come out on the other side are gonna be the set of numbers that it's supposed to be. Right. But history, it just wasn't really a thing. So it's great, and and again, that's another reason why I really wanted to showcase this podcast because it's a great way for people to get their knowledge in when they maybe they don't have the attention span to read or maybe they they you know it just wasn't you know it wasn't cool you know anything that they were interested in before but to encourage them to give this a spin and and one of the things that i was i really this is something that that kind of just just started happening is i wanted to give people an outlet so they could take that knowledge of what you've learned and hey i want to learn more so like when I first started, I, I didn't. It never occurred to me that people would want to watch my podcast and then listen and find more. But now, the books that I read, I share them. Um, I created, a, you know, affiliate links. You can click on the link. You can buy the book if you want. If you want the book that I read to get this information, or the places that I went to to find this information, so that you can take this knowledge and you can learn even more. Because, of course, I'm not going to give you everything that happened within the book right so you can learn the book and maybe you want to learn even more about you know booker t washington or web the boys or the negro leagues or whatever you know and that and that's something that's just started you know occurring to me that hey maybe there's more for people to learn or what they want to do or maybe this will spark their interest in history as a whole absolutely absolutely it, it it's definitely um it, it's definitely intriguing. So yeah. um, I, I commend you for that. So in, in one mic history fashion, mm-hmm. because basically what you do is you bring a story, you, br- you bring a story of black history mm-hmm. to your podcast and you basically just tell the story. I mean, it's a liter- you're, it's literally like you're listening to a, a walk back, in time yeah, and, yeah. and you do it seems like you do really good research and you you just tell you know some episodes are 40 minutes long some episodes are 20 minutes long so yeah. whatever you have but it's it's great it's great information so in one mic history in in the light of one mic history 
I would like for you to tell a story. Oh, wow. And I, and I picked the person. Right. I picked Shirley Chisholm. Right. And I wanted you to just give my listeners some history on Miss Shirley Chisholm. Wow. Wow. So, you know, um, like I said before, like going in, I didn't know a whole lot about Shirley Chisholm outside of, you know, just the base, just the, you know, the basics. Uh, so during my research, I, I became a, a, a fan of her. She is a, an amazing, an amazing woman, you know, and you know, she was, uh, she was born in British Guiana, which is now Guiana. It was formerly a British colony. And then her, her family moved to Barbados and then from Barbados, they went and lived and moved to, to Brooklyn and moved to Brooklyn. Apparently, um, and it's weird because on her Wikipedia page, it says that she was born in Brooklyn, but that's not, her documentary said something different. Her documentary, which was her, this, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. says that she was, that she lived in, she moved to Brooklyn and then they eventually moved back to um, Barbados. Early in her adulthood, she was, she's a teacher. She was a, um, an early, early childhood education. I think she was a kindergarten. Okay. She worked, she worked in, uh, as a kindergarten teacher, which helped shape a lot of the policies she had later on in her life because she was doing, um, she was big on, on Head Start which is um, pre-K, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so <clears throat> it, during um, the 50s, she became involved in politics within the the Democratic Party. And I think this is because her father was a big fan of, of FDR. Um, FDR, um, Frederick Delano Roosevelt, helped usher in the transition from African-Americans from the Republican Party to the Democratic Party, because um, after during de- the Depression, after World War II, he did the public works projects and a lot of things that got people back to work. And he ran on a platform of basically putting people back to work. And if you vote for me, I'm gonna help you. Get, right. I'm gonna help you start working again. Right. So her father was a big fan of FDR. I think it's pushed towards working working with the Democratic Party and. Um, that eventually led her to running for um, the 12th district of New York, which covered New York and Brooklyn and um, and, you know, some of the poor, poor districts like Bedford Stuyvesant. Right. <clears throat> uh, anyway, so the way she tells it is when she was working for the agriculture department, I mean, when she was working for as a house house rep. They wanted her to work for the um, the the board of agriculture, and she was like, "I ain't doing that because my constituents don't farm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my constituents don't farm. I need you to put me on a committee that will that will align with the best interests of my constituents and the the men within the House of Representatives went they." already had an idea in the head of who Shirley Chisholm was before she even showed up. As soon as she got there, of course. they already assumed that she was this, you know, sassy black woman, almost a stereotype of what yeah. a black person was. Mm-hmm. So they were already afraid of her because she was, they were expecting the angry person, black woman, you know, angry black woman. And she tells the story of she's walking in the halls and one of the other house reps, every time they saw it, they were like, 
425. Like, hey, Miss Chisholm, how you doing? And she's like, hey, how you doing? She's like, he's like, 425. He's just like, excuse me? He was like, 425. I can't believe you make the same 425 that I make. And she was like, the next time you see me, how about you leave so you ain't got to worry about this 425 that I'm making? The I same don't know. That's right. <laughs> what is wrong with folks? Man, it's crazy. It is insane to me how, how this works out. So she was a junior member of the House of Representatives. They didn't feel like she had a lot of juice because she was new and she mm -hmm. and and at the time there were only a handful of black members of the house of representatives i think they were less than 10 mm -hmm. and she was the first the first black female in the house of representatives that was a that was a first already just mm -hmm. doing that um so when she decides to run for president in 1972 they were like who are you what are you doing <laughs> like right. serious they didn't no one took her seriously and <clears throat> they looked at her and even the black, the Congressional Black Caucus was like, nah, they didn't even back her. Not even initially. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? These were her, these were, these were her fellow black mm -hmm. uh, uh, House representatives and they didn't even back what she was attempting to do with, with her, um, was running for president in 1972. The thing... The thing that was happening at the time in 1972 is you got to understand the Civil Rights Act was signed in 1964. The Voting Rights Act was signed in 1965. This was this was not that long after that. We had just gotten civil rights and the ability to vote un, with no BS seven, eight years ago before this. And she's running for president and she was a woman. At, this was this was at the time when a woman having ambition was like the worst thing you could do. You couldn't even a single uh, a married woman couldn't even have her own credit card because it was assumed that the man was going to be paying for the bill. So it would always say Miss So and So. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. She couldn't mm -hmm. have her own card. A single woman insurance was higher than a married woman insurance because it was assumed that she would be letting her boyfriend drive the car. So they adjusted her insurance accordingly wow. because of that. So you kind of understand the, the, the leap that it took for her to be able to run, run for a president in a time when a woman having ambition was like the worst thing that you could do. Right. Um, then in 1968, Robert Kennedy was assassinated. Martin Luther King was assassinated. So, 1968, Richard Nixon obliterated, he was running as a Republican, obliterated the Democratic field. He won 330 electoral votes in that election wow. because of the two assassination attempts that, I mean, the two assassinations that happened, mm -hmm. the Vietnam War, civil rights, all those things. It was, it was just a lot. It was a lot of turmoil. So coming into 72, the biggest thing that the Democrats wanted to do was be unified against Nixon. So they saw Shirley Chisholm as someone who is basically dividing their vote against their common enemy, who was Nixon, who was their Trump at the time. Right, Put it right, in modern right. Terms. He was their Trump. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, man, I cannot remember for the life of me the guy who ended up winning 
the presidential election and I mean the the nomination at the time. Um, hang on, give me one second. Yeah. 1972, 1972 election. I I I researched this last night and then his name escapes my mind completely. Man, you're doing good though, cause. <laughs> <laughs> It was George McGovern. George McGovern. McGovern. Okay. So she's running. She is in the field of 13 other Democrats. It was a ton of them. All. Mm -hmm. And she was thought so little of that they would have, they would have, um, uh, debates and they wouldn't even invite her, but they would invite people that she was beating, that she was beating because she was not seen at, even though she was polling better than a lot, of, I think it's three, three, four percent, and was beating quite a bit of the, of the rest of the field, they saw her as a non-factor because she was, in their mind, a double negative. She was black right. and she was a woman. Right. She you just know? wasn't worth it. She wasn't worth it in their minds. So, fast forward um, to when we're going up to Democratic nomination, she was attempting to. She knew that she couldn't win. What she wanted to do, though, was garner the support of all the blacks in the, in the caucus, all the black delegates and say, hey, if you put your support behind me, we can come together and have a unified front for our ideals. You see what I'm saying? Yes. 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 You see what I'm saying? So they could say, hey. I'm back in Shirley Chisholm, but we can have her back out of the race. What are you bringing us? What are you giving us? What do you, what, right, what do right. you have for us? And instead of, instead of what happened was, is that they all had their own agendas, all had already signed of what they were going to do and decided to back McGovern. And at that point, it's like, what are you going to do? You know, the Democratic nomination went went to went to went to McGovern and who ultimately got obliterated again. Mm -hmm, <laughs> they got mm -hmm. obliterated again. He lost. I think uh, Nixon won 55 percent of of the vote. And what's this say? How many electoral votes? Oh, my God. Five hundred and twenty. What the wow. hell? Am I looking? That cannot be right. No. How many is it like initially? It's like, oh, my God, that can't. I can't be right. Uh, maybe it was. Was it different then? Yeah, it was. It was. I, I guess it was different when because the electoral vote here. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page off because I, um, I didn't look at the election. I mean, I looked at the election, but I look at how many electoral votes they had. Uh -huh. Yeah, and yeah. It, it says he had 520, and McGovern only had 17. And looking at this map, he only won like a few states. Like, wow, wow, that is brutal. Yeah. That's see. All I'm saying is, is. The black people in this story didn't get anything that they wanted. You know, they they wanted this child unified front, but at the end, they sold out all their morals, and they were like, "Well, Shirley Chisholm can't win. None of you guys are going to win. None of you guys are going to be president." In the end of the day, so honestly, I felt like they sold her short a bit on her presidential run, and and you know, we coming into this, I thought that she was. A um a joke candidate. I didn't know, I had no idea. I thought, like, hey, I'm running for president. Um, 
because I didn't, I didn't know the history. I, I assumed right. that Jesse oh, Jackson I'm just was a black woman running for yeah, president. Yeah, I'm just a black woman running for president. Kind of like, um, you know, Jesse Jackson. Like, you know you can't yeah. win, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she was actually more than that. And she never, when they talked to her, even in 72, she was like, I'm here to win. I'm here to win. I'm going to play it like I'm going to win. You know, so you, she had to take her seriously because she, she ran on a platform that of early childhood, I'm here for equal rights for everybody. And even later in the in it, she she herself mentioned that I realized that I can't win at this point, but I'm paving the way for future women, future minorities to that show that it's possible that you can run for president and you can do this. So the you know Kamala Harris's, the Barack Obamas, even even the Hillary Clintons. Mm-hmm. Oh, a debt of gratitude to Shirley Chisholm for paving the way that this was even possible. Absolutely. You know, you know, because that's this was, was shocking to me. And even when I when I researched her, I, like I said before, I came away extremely impressed of a woman who is able to face down adversity and 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 the you know a matriarchal society and. All of these things that were compounded against her, and she's like, "I'm gonna do it anyway." I don't. She didn't, even, she didn't even have Secret Service protection. She didn't get Secret Service protection until months into her campaign. Do you know who her security was? Her husband, and wow. she and, and and she ducked several assassination attempts. One guy tried to stab her with a ten-inch knife, with a ten-inch knife. And this same year, during 1972, George Wallace. I don't know if you you, you familiar with George Wallace. Mm, don't worry about it i'm 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 george wallace was the governor of alabama he's famous for his speech segregation now segregation now segregation tomorrow segregation forever he Mm. ran as a democrat Mm. in 1972 and on the campaign trail was someone shot him Mm -hmm. and people were like if somebody shot George Wallace? <laughs> right. Shirley Chisholm should be worried. <laughs> right. Like, like, does she even have a chance at life at this point? Yeah, exactly. So that's at that point, I prompted them to give her secret service, secret service protection. You know. Wow. Um, so yeah, she's a great story. She she was a great story. Like it's sad that that was kind of the apex of her career, was running, mm-hmm. was running for president. And granted, she did, she still stayed within, you know politics and and in in the house representatives um for for a while after that but she never reached that apex that she did when she ran for president in 1972 got you an amazing i knew it i knew it was gonna be an amazing story yeah. I knew I know I know y'all are listening and y'all enjoyed this and you learned something because I sure did <laughs> amazing that was wonderful so oh man that was great <laughs> look i'm all happy like <laughs> <laughs> you know it's funny you said this because i assumed i didn't i, I assume i see I, I i i read the notes but i assumed this was going to be a bit of the discussion <laughs> back and forth so i didn't know uh, i wanted to study i wanted, I was, I wanted, study to, I wanted uh, story yeah. but but because of the kind of person that I was, I was like, yo, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to put down some notes. I'm going to chronicle her life and I'm going to be ready. So when you asked me to do a story, I knew, I knew her story. (laughs) You did it. Yes. Applause. So, 
All right. So I'm and and that's it. That's gonna that's gonna wrap us up. Um okay. I want you to go ahead and uh tell everybody where where to find your podcast, why where to find both of your podcasts at this point, and mm-hmm. you know, just let us know how to get in contact with you. All right. Well, you can um you can find one mic history at uh, onemichistory.com. You can also find um I also run the cut podcast. You can find um me at one mic underscore history on IG. You can find me at the cut podcast on Twitter. You can find me at one mic history on I mean, on Twitter. And um you can also find me on Facebook at at the the cut podcast. Uh, also, I have a store. I got merch. I got the show oh, on the day. So, <laughs> you, you, you guys have a YouTube channel too, right? Yes, or- I have. Oh, yes. I'm sorry, I almost missed that. Okay. One mic history. One mic. One mic uh, history. Dot, um, uh, one mic history on YouTube. Also, I have a history. <laughs> I put all my episodes for one mic history on my YouTube channel. So any any way you want to watch it, you like. You like watching pictures and, and it's not really video, it's mostly still pictures, but it's dope. I like it. Yes, yes, absolutely. All right. And I just want to make sure that you guys remember, um, because you know I can't get off the air without telling y'all about podcast happy hour. So uh join me and my pod sisters, Chris from Shenanigans with Friends, Audrey from Odd Tales Pod, Tamara, Tamara from <laughs> Tamara to the Break of Dawn podcast and Jay Book for show from Jay's Quick Three. Um that we do this monthly. It's just literally our our monthly get together. Well we do other get togethers but our monthly get together where we have a couple of drinks and we talk about what's been going on and we all bring a piece from our show this month in blackity black ass blackity black as fuck black history month you see the hat back here i am hosting black history month therefore it's definitely gonna be some black shit so (laughs) um february 20th 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, 6 p.m. Pacific Time, because we have people in all three of those (laughs) times. Also, just imagine us always trying to get (laughs) our life together. (laughs) But that'll do it. I hope to see you guys. and I, and I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode, whether you're watching on YouTube or you are listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever. Be sure to like, subscribe. I will have all of Country Boy's uh, information in the show notes. So be sure to give him and his both of his podcasts a follow. And guess what? Until you guys hear me again. Peace. <laughs>